Thank you for checking out this episode of Wiregrass Daily News Sports. You can find the podcast over at wiregrassdailynews.com or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please follow, rate, and review. Leave a review, and I will read it on a future edition of the show. And if you just leave four stars, you are just a straight-up hater. You can follow me on social media over at pjordansec. You can email me at sportstalkfieldjordan at gmail.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome in. Happy Tuesday. This is Talking Sports on Wiregrass Daily News Sports. I'm your host, Philip Jordan, in studio host and producer of the Wolves Football on 96.9, the legend and Auburn writer for last word on college football. Got a fun show plan for you guys today. I'm going to give a little bit of an open on my thoughts on Alabama's 42 28 win over LSU and Auburn defeating Vanderbilt. 31 to 15 on Saturday. Then at the end of the show, give you an update on Alabama and Troy basketball as the college basketball season tipped off on Monday. And also we have a great guest today. I'm going to be joined by coach Max Howell, former Florida state and Ole Miss assistant coach, 25 plus years in sports talk radio. And he is a Troy sports hall of famer. I will talk with Coach about the Alabama-LSU game. We'll get his thoughts on it. Just his thoughts on Auburn so far this year. Kind of gauge uh, his thoughts on Ole Miss and Georgia. Those two are playing this weekend. And also get his thoughts on the deal going on at Michigan. And Coach talks about Troy, too. Troy with a big victory last week against South Alabama uh, in the big battle for the belt game. And so let's jump into it first off, my thoughts on LSU and Alabama. Alabama wins this game 42-28. You saw it. You know, me telling you the score is not breaking news. But back and forth game, first half. And, you know, watching the game, too, I thought, okay, there's no way Alabama can keep up with this kind of pace. This is not the game that Alabama could win. I thought if the game stayed in the 20s, which they got past that or into that, early into the second half when LSU went up 28 to 21 to start the second half. But I went into it thinking, okay, if this game gets into the 20s and it stays there, Alabama should be good. But if it gets into the 30s because they score a match, you got to go with LSU on that one. What's wrong with that? And that's a good sign for Alabama knowing that they can get in a high-scoring game because, look, I think we all assume down the road they play Georgia. That's going to be a low-scoring game. But Carson Beck is playing really great football. He went out and brought Bowers. Like I said, we'll see this weekend against Ole Miss and then the following weekend against Tennessee. But still, that is a team that can put some points. So maybe Alabama's got to get in a scoring match with them. Well, now we know Alabama can win this kind of games. But when LSU goes up 28-21 to there to start the second half, I was like, okay, Alabama's in a bad way because now LSU has the advantage. LSU has the lead in this game. But, hey, the Alabama defense clamped down. Of course, you know, Jaden Daniels got uh, put out of the game because of the hit on from Dallas Turner. Questionable uh, with some people if that was targeting or not. Of course, it was a penalty with roughing the passer. The game was over when Jaden Daniels went out. And I know a lot of people say, well, him 
being knocked out is not why LSU lost. Alabama was already up by two scores. I get that. But when us Meyer come in, it just it was deflating LSU. LSU was deflated because of Jane Daniels not being out there. I just say this. If Jane Daniels doesn't get hurt, you're still putting stress on Alabama. And I do believe they would have went down and scored and made it 42 to 35. And then at some point, LSU was probably going to get an onside kick because he just couldn't stop Alabama. Because Jalen Milrow was a man on a mission Saturday night. 15 to 23, 219 yards, no interceptions. He had 20 rushing attempts for 155 yards and four touchdowns. And this is really part of the offense we haven't seen much of from time to time this year, but not consistently. And this is something Alabama may have to do down the road to win more games like this. Um, they play at Kentucky this week, then they got Chattanooga, then Auburn. But you go to Jordan-Hare, you're going to need a big performance there. We know how Iron Bowl is when Alabama goes to Jordan-Hare and, of course, Georgia in the SEC championship game. But Alabama, too, just wore down the LSU front in the second half. LSU, of course, having some injuries up front, missing some guys. Uh, Jace McCullen had 63 yards and one touchdown, and then Rodell Williams had one touchdown as well. And if you take away what Daniels did, now Jaden Daniels was running all over the place in this game. He had 163 yards rushing. He was 15 to 24 for 219, two touchdowns. But he did have interception, which was before, obviously, the injury. But outside of him on the rushing attack, LSU only had 43 yards. So they really couldn't get anything going in the traditional sense of running the football in this game. It was Jaden Daniels when stuff broke down. Because Alabama was playing man defense. And there was just some opportunities. There were some spots in the defense where Jaden Daniels was able to exploit that. LSU, they play Florida this week. So we'll see what happens with Daniels. See if he plays uh, concussion-related, it looks like. So we'll see. Uh, if not, it be Nussmeyer. I think they beat Florida with Nussmeyer quarterback. And for Florida, they had lost against Arkansas. They're 5-4. Five and four, uh, They're not looking to go to 5-5 five and five because they have a tough stretch here at the end because uh, they still got LSU, they've got Missouri, then they got Florida State to close it out. Now, looking at Auburn winning 31 to 15, uh, my path to the bowl game is looking clear for them, uh, getting their fifth win here. And they're one win away from bowl game. They will play at Arkansas this week, uh, but then they have New Mexico State. So you got to feel confident. Okay, Auburn is at least going to get to six wins. I think seven would be better. You can go into Iron Bowl on a four game winning streak and you're at home. Big game for. Uh, Jarquez Hunter in this one, he had a 67 and 56 yard rushing touchdowns in the first quarter. Auburn up 14 to nothing. There was a bad pick six in this one by Peyton Thorne. Auburn was backed up near the end zone. Just a bad interception. That made it 14 to seven. Auburn's up 17 to seven. They're going into halftime. I think Auburn at times looked sloppy. There were some drop passes uh, from the receivers. There was a, a point there where they could have got a fumble recovery on a muff punt. There was like four or five Auburn Tigers there. None of them could jump on it. So a lot of missed opportunities. Auburn could have made this game a lot worse than it was. And then Vandy had a little bit of hope there in the fourth quarter. They got within 31-15. That's a two-score game with two-point conversions. But Auburn's able to pull away. Second half, they got the passing game going a little bit more. Uh, Rivaldo Fairweather. Javarius Johnson had a good game, too, as well. He made some big catches. So Auburn got some stuff going. But they'll have a tougher time coming up this weekend when they go to Fayetteville to take on the Razorbacks because they're coming off a 39-36 win over Florida. Offense looked 100% better than they did before. 
with Dan Enos now that Kenny Guyton is now the offensive coordinator. Tell you what's good news for Auburn right now the last three weeks. Jarquez Hunter, before the last three games, he had 218 yards rushing. In the last three games, he had 91 against Ole Miss and two touchdowns, 144 against Mississippi State, 183 against Vanderbilt, two touchdowns. So in those three games, 418 yards and four touchdowns. Jarquez Hunter is playing his best ball right now, and that's big for Auburn. Takes some of that pressure off of Peyton Thorne. We didn't see Robbie Ashford any. Peyton Thorne's the guy. Seems like the offense is flowing better uh, with just the one quarterback in the game. So that's my thoughts on Alabama and Auburn's victories this past Saturday. Uh, next up, we're going to take a quick break, about a 90-second break, play some promo stuff for you guys for DGO Strategies. Then on the other side, my phone conversation with Coach Max Howell. So you, if you're watching video, you'll just see a graphic up on the screen. You won't see us talking, but a great conversation I had with Coach Howell. It goes about 30 minutes. I think you enjoy it. So, like I said, we're going to take a quick break and then my phone conversation uh, with Coach Max Howell. Want a chance to see the Iron Bowl in person? Enter for your chance to win two tickets to the Iron Bowl on Saturday, November 25th. To enter, simply complete the form at 969thelegend.com. The winner will be announced on Friday, November 17th. 96.9 The Legend is your connection to classic country legend. But Digio Strategies has other options too. News Talk 103.9 is your source for America's top news and entertainment shows like Rick and Bubba in the morning, Glenn Beck from 9 till 11 a.m. and Clay Travis and Buck Sexton middays from 11 a.m. till 2 p.m. Sean Hannity, Lars Larson, Ben Shapiro, Matt Walsh and others fill your day with the latest news and views from America's top conservative voices. America at night and coast to coast am keep you company and connected throughout the night plus fox news the alabama radio network and wiregrass daily news keep you informed with national international state and local news and with more musical choices like all the hits 1067 kmx today's country 95.5 wtvy and music 1077 digio strategies gives you more choices and more variety listen on air online and on our apps 96.9 the legend is just the beginning on today's show, always excited uh, to talk to this individual. And that is Coach Max Howell. Uh, he spent time at Florida State and Ole Miss as an assistant coach and 25-plus years in sports talk radio and Troy Athletics, a Hall of Famer as well back in 2020. But, uh, Coach Howell, it's always good to talk to you, and I'm excited for this conversation. Philip, thank you so much. I always enjoyed being with you, and I know you've got some new things working on your podcast, and I appreciate the opportunity to be on tonight. Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. It's good to have you on. I, I told you off air, I think I picked the right week to have you on the show uh, following that uh, that Alabama-LSU game on Saturday night. Well, look, I didn't miss a play, I promise you. I've been on several shows today, in fact, and kind of talking about it. You know, that's, that was some stuff going around about – you know, they got a – when the quarterback went down and uh, turned it, you know, put a good tackle on him, I thought. Uh, there was some controversy, I guess, about where it should have been targeted or not. I thought it was a, a perfect shot, if you want to know the truth. That was the way it's supposed to be taught as far as uh, fundamentals are concerned. But anyway, they uh, he was – they brought a good offense in, a number one offense in the country in. Alabama's gotten better and better with Melrose at quarterback on the offensive side. The defense made some adjustments and, uh, and certainly came away with a big win for them. 
you know, it was a slow start. And I don't think anybody really thought that LSU, you know, was not going to contend. I thought, you know, everybody that I talked to said they was expected to, you know, a fairly close ball game. In fact, I think the line was like three and a half points because uh, it only because they played in Tuscaloosa. But uh, anyway, it was an outstanding football game, and I think what Alabama needed to move forward in this, to, to reach the playoffs, they certainly got to beat Georgia in the in the meantime. But I think they've gotten better, and I I, I do believe that they finally got it all together. I was disappointed in, in certainly in the South Florida game, but they've come a long way. Melrose got his head on right now. They know what he can do, and uh, the opposition knows as well. It's going hard to be hard to contain him. Uh, if they go, you know, if they go play pass defense, he's going to run it. They're going to crowd the line, and he's going to throw it deep on them. So, uh, hats off to him. A great win for Alabama. You know, what's interesting to me with the Alabama defense, when you look at like three of their four last couple of games, you look at the LSU game, they only gave up seven points. I mean, I know, yes, Jaden Daniels went down, but even at that time, they had, they had stopped the LSU offense a couple times, even got an interception on them. And you look at the Tennessee game. I mean, Tennessee went up and down the field in the first half on them. I still say Tennessee should have been at 21 to nothing on Alabama, not 13 to nothing, but well, that's a, that's a few weeks ago. But they didn't score in the second half. They only had 20 points the whole game. Right. That was in one half. And you look back at the A&M game. A&M had 17 points at halftime. They only scored three. Now the Arkansas game was kind of reverse of that. Slow start for Arkansas. They came back second half. But the adjustments Alabama's making defensively in the second half, that's, it's been really impressive. Yeah, well, Kevin Steele's an experienced coach. Uh, I think a lot of people kind of, you know, raise eyebrow because Kevin, uh, he's not as old as I am, but he's close. Uh, but he's been around a while. And he, he, don't forget, he was with Coach Saban back when Coach Saban first came to Alabama for a year or two. So he was familiar with what Coach Saban wants. They got great athletes there. If you watch, I know the average fan didn't pay that much attention to the offensive and defensive line play, but the fact is, is, is Alabama moved their defensive linemen over a little bit. They, they gapped them sometimes. They, they kept the offensive line from knowing where they were going to be, so it screwed up their blocking. Uh, the, the block, all the blocking on the offense is on every offense has, has rule blocking. If the guys land up, you know, lined up nose on you, you're going to take him one way or get a double team. If he's going to need the shoulder, you're going to take him that way or whatever the case may be. And Alabama was cheating over just a little bit on either side of that guard and tackle. And sometimes when they run a, an even front with a nose tackle, uh, they moved they moved the front around. And they, the, the, the difference is they started off, if you recall, they started off rushing three. And uh, they had an option on that outside linebacker for four. But uh, they went to an odd man front several times in that second half. And that really screwed the blocking up for LSU. Yeah, I didn't. Of course, that helps. You know, Jaden Daniels, I mean, just say about him. I mean, I, I've been impressed with him all year. I mean, if LSU actually had a defense, maybe he'd be up for the Heisman. Be a little bit more talk about that. But uh, what's uh, been your thoughts on him? You know, of course, like we talked about, he got knocked out of the game in the fourth quarter when they were down 42 to 28. Just, you know, looking on the LSU side of things, just, you know, from the quarterback there with them, Jaden Daniels, what's, what's been sticking out uh, to you with him? Well, I mean, you, when you got a quarterback that's going to run that much, you know, and I put Alabama in that situation now because I think that, that was uh, inevitable that Alabama had to get their quarterback up to care. But LSU right now, uh, Daniels is, is a great quarterback, but he's not built to run that way. Look at his physical structure. Uh, I mean, you get a, a quarterback that's going to try to break the pocket half the time, and he, he about did that about 35 or 40%. He broke the pocket and got great games. 
uh, gains out of that. But he's he's going to take a leak occasionally. And his body style is not built for that. I mean, he's 6'1", 6'2", 180, 190 pounds, where Melrose is 6'3", 230 pounds, runs a 4'4". There's a difference in the physical aspect of a, a kid that can do that. Highly talented, but, you know, I don't want to say he needs to know know his place, know where he stands uh, in their offense, but they give him the option to do that, and it's been successful. But I guarantee you, you're going to run against some teams, you know, and, and players like the Turner kid at Alabama, he's going to knock you on your rear end. And that's what he did, and you see what they did. Without him, and I, I hope he's not, you know, I hope he's not, I hope he, he goes through the concussion procedures and he's okay. But uh, you're going to risk that when your quarterback runs like that. Yeah, and you know, watching him play this year, and I'll say this a criticism I would have of him is he doesn't really slide. He he does take on hits when he's running. You know, it needs, right. needs to be an awareness that okay, I've got what I can get out of bounds or slide Very because true. I'm not valuable to my team if I'm sitting on the sideline in the tent. Very true. See, I said the same thing until they started running Milro at Alabama, uh, mainly because Alabama's got two quarterbacks behind him. Phillip and all fans can't play at that level. I mean, mm-hmm. we saw them try to play them, and they can't they can't win at that level. Milrow was the guy, but I think if, if you watch what he does, he he gives he's improved so much in this past four or five weeks that he knows where his receivers are, and he knows what the blocking up front is. And he, if you notice, he picks those holes to run in. Of course, I've been a you know, I've been a a guy that's could you know really been controversial about. Alabama's left tackle number 74. I know he's a freshman, but that guy can't move his feet. And they moved him around. They tried to slide him outside a little, try to move him up close to the guard, try to protect the quarterback. But the defensive ends on the on the defensive side, whoever they play, can outrun him every time. So he's had to step up in the pocket. But if you notice, he when he breaks, he most of the time breaks it right off that left tackle because the left tackle moves out of the way and that defensive end is gone. So everybody else is in, in pass coverage. So they've got it figured out. I mean, they, they practice those those kind of skills at practice every day and, and based on what the opponent's going to give them. And, you know, and, and it's certainly come together and it's certainly working. But, uh, you know, best of luck, LSU's, you know, they've lost, well, they've lost three now, so they mm-hmm. they put pretty well out of it. Uh, Alabama's still got one. Alabama's got to go to Kentucky, and I think Kentucky's already peaked. I think they've done their, their you know, where they go. They got, I believe they got what Chattanooga next, and then of course Auburn. But uh, Auburn's got their problems too. Yeah, so uh, let's jump into Auburn. Uh, and you said they have their problems. Just uh, overall, what, what's been your uh, your your viewpoint or your you know your grading of uh, Hugh Freeze so far this year? Well, I mean, he absolutely inherited zero. He had nothing, no players. He he brought in forty, forty two, or forty three players off the portal and uh and tried to build a team around that and that's okay if you've got something to build you know a core to, to start with he didn't have that at all that, that last staff up there i mean i can tell you some things that they did and didn't do i got good friends in the high school ranks in, in alabama about their recruiting they they went rarely don't they never went out on friday nights looking at high school kids they were just there going through the motion and court coach freeze has turned every program he's ever been to around, but it take, most of the time he inherits something. But here, he, in Albany, he inherited nothing. Uh, I mean, you know, they tried the two-quarterback system, and that's that's worked occasionally for them. But they've won. They really done better, I think, than most people thought they would, based on what he inherited. But uh, they got, you know, we got three three ball games left, and 
uh, I, you know, it's going. If they can get one of the three uh, wins out of there, he's got something to build on. I think after this, I guarantee you, every Sunday when he breaks that tape down, Philip, he's scratching those kids off based on the ones that he's not going to keep and the ones he's going to have to go after uh, or positions he's got to go after at the portal in the in the in the, in the winter. So it'll be a whole new football team on the, on the field next year as well. Uh, if the fans fans are going to have to tolerate it for a year or two, because you know I don't know why there wasn't more outrage from the Auburn fans and why how they selected that other staff that was there and the athletic director because that was a complete disaster to that program. It's, it's going to set them back three or four years at least before they can get back and be really competitive in the SEC. Yeah, you know, even before the season, Hugh Freeze talked about when he arrived at Auburn, he said this is not what an Auburn roster should even look like. <laughs> uh, and, and, right. and, and I've seen people, and I'm in Facebook groups and people on Twitter and all that other stuff, and you see some Auburn fans, especially when they lost four in a row, which I think most people would look at those four games they lost. When the season came in, said, okay, I could see Auburn losing those, maybe not the way some of them went, especially the LSU game got ugly, but still you could say, okay, I could see three or four when you've got – Ole Miss, Georgia, LSU, A&M in there. But anyways, right. uh, you know, and you're right. And I see a lot of people talk about, well, Brian Harson had more success his first year. I said, yeah, you got Bo Nix and you had Tank Bigsby and you had some NFL guys <laughs> on defense. He don't have that. Yeah, I, I tell people, right. you think Hugh Freeze would take Bo Nix in a heartbeat over anything he's got at <laughs> quarterback right now. Yeah, so so is the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> Don't take him. <laughs> I guarantee you. Look, I mean, look, he's 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 single, almost single-handedly rebuilt Oregon, uh, you know, to where they are very competitive right now. So, uh, but again, Harson inherited that, remember. Gus Malzahn recruited those guys mm-hmm. that came to play. And uh, and I, I wasn't a huge Gus fan, but Gus, Gus put a, a competitive football team on the field every year. And uh, Harson never did that. I mean, it was just, it was so drastically different from anything Auburn's probably ever seen in the history of their program, going from, you know, a program that had been successful as it has historically bringing a group. I know it from Boise State. I know been other coaches come out of there and all that, but this guy had a whole different approach to the game. Uh, never went out on Friday nights to recruit high school kids. Thought, thought it was Auburn, they were just going to show up. Uh, evidently, he knew nothing about the SEC, how competitive it is, particularly recruiting. And, uh, and they didn't, you know, they lasted two years. And I'm surprised they lasted that long, to tell you the truth. Yeah, I think a lot of people were after that first year, especially uh, yeah. uh, the way it ended uh, after Bo Nix got hurt. Um, That's yeah. right. And, you know, and just looking at this team, too, of course, it seems like they finally, I mean, it took over half the season, but they settled in on Peyton Thorne. I feel like he's played better since he's pretty much been the guy quarterback, the not rotating in and out him and Robbie Ashford. Still has some signs because Vanderbilt had the, the pick six near around the end zone. Uh, but, you know, going into these games, you have Arkansas this week and look after Florida, right. they've got a little bit more excitement. Maybe that's going to be a tough game going to Fayetteville. It's never easy. And yep. then you got New Mexico State. I look, no one expects them to beat Alabama, but we also know when Alabama goes to Jordan-Hare, it's it's not probably one of Nick Saban's funnest uh, things for him to go do is go play Auburn there true. in that stadium. But yep. I, you look at that, if you could get to 7-5, and five, win your bowl game 8-5, and five, that's got to be a win in year one. Oh, yeah, I don't think it's any doubt. But I, I think back to Alabama going to Auburn, they got a, I think it's by far Coach Saban. 
Coach Saban's best coaching year. And I think they they got they're focused now. They know they got to they got to beat Georgia to get in the playoffs. And I think that's the goal. Coach Saban just had his seventy second birthday. Uh, he's aware of that. The kids are aware of that. And I, I think that's just a different attitude. If you watch that team warm up and watch them practice, uh, and, and getting ready for for a ball game, it's just it's a different attitude about them. I mean, they're all so confident in where they are now, and uh, particularly with Melrose coming on like he has. Um, I don't. I don't think it's going to be a pretty sight for Auburn uh, when Alabama rolls in there the last game of the season. Yeah, I, I've been to, already talking to people about it. I think what I think happens that game is probably close in the first half. But one Auburn, I think one of their flaws right now, and like you, it goes back to the talent that they don't have that Jeffrey's yep. inherited. They don't have a lot of depth on defense. I feel like their starting eleven is pretty good. They're solid, but once you get into the second half and they get a lot of plays run on them, they start to wear down. I think we've even seen it against Vanderbilt, Mississippi State in the second half of games. Yep. Well, I, I think you're absolutely right, and that's that's what happens. You know, normally Auburn doesn't fit in that category because they, you know, they've done a good job recruiting and they've got depth. But that's what happens to schools like South Carolina and Kentucky and and Mississippi State, and, and most of the time Ole Miss has been in that same category. They can get 25, 28 players that can play, but if you're going to win in the SEC, you mark, you mark this number down, you're going to have to have 40 players that you can rotate in and out and not miss a beat. If you don't have that, you're not going to win a championship. I, I, I've done it too long. I've looked at the numbers for years, and I've, I've charted it, and uh, that, that's the number I come up with every time. You only Right now, only Georgia and Alabama's got that. Uh, Missouri's close. Uh, I mean, they they played fairly well. I thought against Georgia this past weekend. I be honest with you, Philip. I forget Missouri's in the SEC. I don't <laughs> keep up with them very much. I really don't. But they they played well this year. Uh, people forget, and I I'm one of them. That you know, the first two years they were in the league, they were right there playing for the championship against Auburn mm-hmm. uh, when they first came in. But they you know they've been down for several years now. But they got it. You know, they brought the coach in from Apps from Appalachian State. And he's done a good job with the recruiting and, the re- and basically going to the portal and finding players that can come in and fit his system. And, and, and we see, you know, we see what they've been able to do. But but back to Auburn, that's what that's what Hugh Freeze will do, and he'll he'll have to do that. But he knows how to do that. He's you know he's he's rebuilt too many programs around the, the country to uh, you know to not know how to put up a team together to to, to win at Auburn. Yeah, and you know that's one thing. It's just patience, and he 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 even said it. I remember last year when he took the job, and then also going into the season, media days. He said, uh, "I remember when it came out where Auburn sold out all their home games." And he said, "I hope they right. keep the excitement and have some patience." And he said that word patience. That's right. That's right. You, you brought that's up Georgia okay. and uh, yep. Missouri. This is the second year in a row Missouri tested them and. You mentioned, yep. you know, Missouri's got some talent. I mean, they've got a solid quarterback, Brady Cook. Luther Burden is one of the best receivers in the country, and they've got a solid running back, too, as well. But yep. just, you know, just, you see, you know, you saw that game on Saturday. What else is about it but Missouri? You think that kind of, these last, at least these last two years, they've been able to give Georgia some trouble? Well, I, you know, uh, Georgia, you go back and look, Georgia's schedule, everybody in the country knew was, was extremely weak this year. And I think when you got as much talent as Georgia got, those kids watch those tapes on Sunday. And and I look, I, I did it too long to tell you that those kids make up their mind on Sunday afternoon who they're going to play against. And they understand that, hey, we're better than they are. Our talent's better than they are. My man, I can beat my man every time. 
And that's the attitude. I don't care what kind of practice you have during the week. You can't get that. As long as you show them the game, you know, the last two or three games they played, and they come away with every every film session with that attitude in their mind, they, they aren't going to play very well. I mean, it, particularly when you're Georgia, like Alabama's the same way, you're going to get the best shot, you know, from whoever you're playing. And I guarantee you Georgia thought that against Missouri, and, and Missouri went in and, you know, it gave them a run for their money. Now, if they if they didn't learn their lesson, uh, you know they go they may get shocked when they go to Tennessee, because uh, Tennessee's going to you know give them all they want. I can guarantee you they are. Uh, of course, it, it did, it, you know I, I expect Georgia to win that one, and I expect Georgia to play Alabama in the in the SEC championship game, and of course the winner goes to I think goes to the playoff. And you talking about Georgia too this weekend? They'll be playing Ole Miss, and you know. Yeah. When you look at, of course, you know, your time there and being in the state of Mississippi, when you look at this match, I look at it like this. And I'll get your thoughts after I say this. I don't think Ole Miss has receivers that really scare you. I think Jackson Dart has played well, and I've had to really, really eat some humble pie on my comments on him before the season, but I've come back off of him. Uh, he's one of the top five quarterbacks in the SEC. He's played really well. But with Ole Miss playing Georgia, do you see – any scenario where Ole Miss has a, a shot in this game? I think it, I think the game planning is going to be the most important. If, if Georgia goes in and thinks that you know all they got to do is crowd the line and stop the running game, then they're going to throw it deep every snap. Remember that Ole Miss has got about eight wide receivers that can play. So what they'll, I think what they'll do, they're going to run them. They're going to line them up with four wides and run them straight down the field until Georgia's defensive backs. I don't say quit, but give out completely. Now they're gonna to have to rotate. They're gonna to have to, you know, and they've lost. They've lost their best linebacker, and they've lost the, obviously the best end in Bowers. So I think I think uh, Ole Miss has got a shot. I don't think they got enough talent. I think if they lose it, they're gonna probably lose it in the fourth quarter. But we've seen Ole Miss come back against a lot of good teams and throw that football and you look for them to throw that thing about 40, 45 times against Georgia because uh, I don't think they that. that Ole Miss's offensive front is not good enough to knock them off the ball, so they'll you know they'll try to get them loosened up a little bit, and, uh, and Dart will try to run some out of there. And it's, it'll be dangerous for him to get you know get knocked out over there because Ole Miss. I I had them I had them at ten and two is what, and they got one loss now, and I think they lose to Georgia, and I think they beat Mississippi State at the end. So uh, ten and two won't get them in the playoffs, but to get them a, a New Year's Day bowl, and and I'm gonna tell you. Having been on that staff over there, Philip, I'm telling you, if they could, if they could win nine or ten every year, uh, Lane Kiffin can stay. They'll build a statue to him. They, look, they gave him a million dollar raise last year, and he did win but eight. Uh, but he, you know, remember he was seven one uh, mm-hmm. going into the, to the, you know, to, at the end toward the end of the season. He lost four four in a row over there. I don't look for him to happen. I look, I look for him to, to get beat Saturday. I think it'll be fairly close. Georgia opened up, I think, a 11.5-point favorite uh, in that game. I think the line went out today. But the fact is, and they probably can cover that. But uh, I think Ole Miss will play them hard. And I think, you know, I, I, I like what I've seen, what Kiffin's done. Kiffin is the, is the best fit for Ole Miss, I'm telling you. People think he's weird. He's got a lot of, you know, cranky habits and that stuff. Ole Miss people love it. I mean, he brings his dog on the sideline of the game. You know, they, they play games. They play Games on the practice field with the kids and all that kind of stuff. He's he's really is he coaches loose, really, 
and the, and the kids love that. So and they play hard for him. I can tell you, they they know they know really well what they're going up against Georgia, and I, I don't think they'll lay down. I think they'll they'll play hard, but I don't think they got enough talent to to beat Georgia. Yeah, you know, you talked about Jackson Dart and flip over Georgia. Uh, I think it's been a very impressive first year for Carson Beck. He's second in the SEC in passing yards. And honestly, when they lost sure. Brock Bowers, I was kind of wondering because you could obviously tell I me, mean, just look back at the Auburn game in the fourth quarter. Brock Bowers, that was his safety net. That's the guy he was going to. And you take that away, what is he going to do? But what, what's been your uh, your takeaways from Carson Beck, the Georgia quarterback? Well, let's uh, don't go with Carson Beck. Let's talk about Mike Bobo. Mike Bobo's the new offensive coordinator. Mike's Mike's lost he lost three jobs, was fired three times before he got to Joe, back to Georgia. Graduated from there. Uh he's done a really good job. He he spent three years under Munkin. Uh after Munkin went back to the NFL. Kirby decided to move him up, you know, to, to offensive coordinator. I had questions about that from day one, uh, along with the, the new quarterback in Carson Beck. But if you watch it, Carson Beck's got better every week. But he, Philip, you can do that when you've got enough talent around you. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember, Alabama's best wide receiver left Georgia. The Burton kid came from, from Georgia to Alabama, and he's his leading wide receiver right now. Uh, as you said, not a big kid, 5'10", 180 pounds maybe, feisty as he can be, uh, may have a little attitude problem, but he's doing, you know, he's doing what Alabama expects out of him. And I just use that as an example. They've got talent over there that's just – Look, it's, it's overflowing at almost every position. Uh, only you know, the only problem I had was the schedule this year, and they tend to play down to the schedule. But, you know, they didn't run away. They didn't run away with Auburn. They didn't run away with most schools that they played. But the fact when they got like Kentucky was five and zero when they came in, uh, they hammered Kentucky, and uh, <clears throat> of course they did Florida, which Florida not a big ball team either. But we'll see when they go to Tennessee. Tennessee's got Tennessee's got good talent. Good wide receivers, they're going to throw it deep on them. Uh, we'll get a, a little glimpse of that this week with Ole Miss, but Tennessee's got better wide receivers than Ole Miss has got. And, uh, and I'm not sure that quarterback situation. Uh, Joe Milton is, is 6'4", 225, 30 pounds, and he, they got him now where he can pull it down and run. So, you know, it's a lot of pluses and minuses toward the end of the season. But you know what? That's why they play them on Saturday, and that's mm-hmm. why we're in the SEC. And I, you know, I get a, I get a, look, I don't talk to anybody. I'm going to answer the phone. I sit in front of my television. I got a split screen and I can watch two games at once if I choose to. Uh, and I, and I, I coach some of them, uh, by hollering at the script when they line up wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm bringing out that old, old me in them. But I, look, I, I love it. I, that's why I've just been lucky in my career and lucky in, in, in an opportunity to, to be involved with this, with the Southeastern Conference. You know, when I talk about SEC, we're going to move out of it because we talked about this off air. I was going to ask you about this, and it, and it on Monday it looks like there could be some punishment coming to Jim Harbaugh. That's uh, some speculation out there by Wednesday. Uh, looks like uh, the people at Michigan are not even going to go to the college football playoff uh, ranking thing. You know that they go to, but just your thoughts on this whole Michigan thing with the you know the sign stealing, the you know all, all of this with Michigan. All right, well, first of all, there's a group up there that wants to get rid of Harbaugh. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I mean, look, you remember a few years back, his team, the team reported him. They kept, he kept them too long on the practice field. They practiced too many days in the spring. All that kind of stuff that got him in some trouble then. But I'm going to tell you about the rule on scouting. 
there is there is no punishment for that rule. He suffered for the, the court of public opinion. And, and the, whoever the group is that's, that's manipulating that is going to probably try to get him suspended. And I believe if he could get to the playoffs and win it, I, he's headed back to the NFL at some point in time. He came out of the NFL with a great record, and I think that's where he probably needs to be. But the three games that he was suspended from at the beginning of the season, I couldn't tell the difference the way the team played when he's there. Mm-hmm. Game true. So, you know, what if he is suspended? Just put the assistant head coach in there and, uh, and go ahead. They got a pretty good football team. Their, their schedule's been about as weak as George's. But uh, my opinion is let the guy play. Let him play it out this season. If, you know, if, 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 the, if the turmoil is too great in, inside the program at Michigan, they need to, you know, work a payout for him to let him go back to the NFL. Yeah, yeah, I feel like that's where it's going to go. I mean, he's flirted back with them last couple of years, you know, just so it's going to be interesting. We'll see because they do have um, Penn State, which they didn't play great yeah. against Ohio State, but this will be the best opponent they've played all year, and they still got Ohio State. So I think we're about yeah. to find out how good Michigan is uh, with in the, this last month of the season. Very true. And then, uh, of course, that's, you know, for the Big Ten, look, it's not but two conferences left in the country, the Big Ten and the SEC. So, uh, you know, we get a chance. I, I turn into some of those games occasionally, and I'll certainly do my best to watch when Ohio State Michigan plays this year because Michigan got them last year, first time in, what, 13 to 14 years that they beat them. So, they, you know, th- there's a lot on the line. I don't think that one of those teams are going to make it to the playoffs. And whichever one goes undefeated will get there. So we'll see, you know, not this Saturday, but next Saturday when they play. Yeah, so yeah, it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be a big Saturday this this weekend. And uh, coach, it's been fun having you all talking all things SEC, just college football in general. Always appreciate the time and always enjoy your insight on the game, you know, and your expertise in it. But is there anything else I, I didn't touch on that you know with college football going on that you'd like to talk about? Well, I was I was proud that Troy uh, won that one in South Alabama. Be to tell you the truth. Uh, in fact, I, I I watched the game live. It was it was on. Uh, uh, ESPNU, I believe. I watched that one live, and I was so uh, amazed that they won it. I watched the playback again on Friday night. So, but they 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 managed to win that one good. That was a good one. Uh, that that coaching staff that came in there from mainly with with uh, Joe Summerall, uh from Kentucky uh, has done a really good job. And I, I the, the thing if, if Mark Stoops decides to retire. He'll be the next head coach at Kentucky. I'm, I'm convinced of that. Um, they've lost two already this year. Um, you know, if, if they they probably will lose one more toward the end when they get in the playoffs, in particular if they have to play James Madison. But a nine, they went uh, 11-2 last year. They could go 9-3 this year in his first two years. Uh, they, you know, they raised his salary. He's a he's a million-dollar-a-year coach now at Troy University. Uh, nobody had ever thought. I went there for $7,500 a year. It's so I mean, that's how far that program has gone uh, since since the days we won that first championship. But the fact is, is they've done a good job. They recruited well. They use a portal. They take the transfers and uh, and they bring them around. They play hard nosed defense, and uh, I'm I'm proud for them. I really am. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not far from them. Uh, I'm about an hour away from Troy, if even that. So, uh, great. I'm glad to see their success. And, uh, I always say this, you know, go Trojans. I'll, I'll show a little bit of, uh, favoritism on that since they're so close to where I'm actually at down here in Dothan. But, uh, coach, once again, uh, I appreciate you coming on and I look forward to doing this again. Just at the time, just give me a call. Thank you, Phil.
Thank you for checking out this episode of Wiregrass Daily News Sports. You can find the podcast over at wiregrassdailynews.com or wherever you get your podcast. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please follow, rate, and review. Leave a review, and I will read it on a future edition of the show. And if you just leave four stars, you are just a straight-up hater. You can follow me on social media over at pjordansec. You can email me at sportstalkfieldjordan at gmail.com. All right, once again, thanks to Coach Max Howell for coming on today's show. I always appreciate talking to Coach, and we'll try to get him back on before the end of the season. Now, let's close things up with a little basketball. Troy and Alabama, many teams, opened up the college basketball season on Monday night. And the Troy Trojans, they played an early game at 11 a.m. on Monday. They defeated Fort Lauderdale 92-47. to Coming off the bench, Tayton. Conway had 15 points, four steals, and three assists. Troy had five players in double figures. Former Dothan Wool player uh, Thomas Dowd had 11 points, three of seven for three pointers, nine rebounds, and one block coming off the bench. For the next game for the Troy Trojans, they will be at Ohio on Wednesday night at six o'clock. And you can check that game out over on ESPN Plus. And then Alabama. Uh, they kicked their season off in the number 24 ranked Crimson Tide. They beat Moorhead State 105 to 73. They shot 56% in the game. They were 10 to 23 from three point, and their largest lead of the night was 34 points. A newcomer, uh, forward Grant Nelson, had 24 points and was two for four from three point. Another newcomer in Aaron Estrada, he had 16 points and he was two for three from three pointers in. Regular for Alabama, veteran player Mark Sears had 13 points, five assists, and two steals in the game. Their next game will be against Indiana State on Friday. You can check that out on SEC, SEC Network Plus, and that'll be a 7 o'clock tip-off time for that one. And that is going to do it for today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Coach Max Howell. Uh, you can always get in contact with me at PJordanSEC on social media, and you can email me at sportstalkfieldjordan at gmail.com. Please check out the podcast over at wiregrassdailynews.com or wherever you get your podcast. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please follow, rate, and review. It means a lot to do that. Leave a review. I will read it on a future edition of the show. You can also check out on Mondays the Wiregrass High School Football Report, the Jed Kennedy Coaches Show on Thursday night, and the Dothan Wolves postgame show right after the Wolves playoff game this Friday against Mary Montgomery. So a lot of content here on the feed, and uh, we're kind of doing things change a little different. So just kind of let you guys real quickly, a review basically what I just said. You got a Wiregrass High School Football Report on Mondays. You got the Jed Kennedy Coaches Show and the Dothan Wolves postgame show. Everything else is labeled as talking sports with yours truly. So uh, plenty of content trying to come out to you most days during the week. But anyways, I appreciate y'all checking this out um, and continue checking this out. And we'll talk to you Thursday. Thursday, uh, we're going to be looking at the opponents for Auburn and Alabama for this weekend, Kentucky and Arkansas. So it's going to be a good one on Thursday. Everybody has a great day. Until next time, bye-bye.